Welcome to the fourth installment of Living from Heaven. And this is getting pretty unique for me. I have some stuff that has been on the list uh, for the process and this one actually is going to be long enough that I'm not going to actually get to that one and so uh, you'll understand once I get into this a bit. So first off there's some intro comments and then there'll be the bulk of what uh, I'm going to be sharing on that. So I'm just going to process right through these things and again to just give some context these are nuggets that are being shared with me that I feel like I'm supposed to release to you um, and process through myself first but also some of them are going to land with you and some of them aren't. So again if it's like uh, yeah whatever just sit in the bucket and move on to the next thing and remember the whole point is to still listen to the frequency listen to what's being said but more importantly we're talking about interacting with another realm another system that you have in your being to open that up so that you can hear see feel and intentionally interact uh, with that realm and some people as I've heard back you know want to see things manifest here awesome some things want to see things manifest in that realm Again, that's awesome. But to come back to all of this stuff, I just want to stay upfront. It's about relationship and allowing yourself to die to whatever it is your desire and needs are to step in under the Lord to process the discipleship that He, they have for you in your unique way. All right, so there's four or five nuggets to share. First, there are many beings speaking. It's just not Holy Spirit. It all comes through that, but you need to put some emotions into those things being spoken to you so that you can actually slow it down and bring it into this realm. It takes your energy to materialize it. So I'm not going to go and explain all of this, but think about it this way. H plus H plus O is H2O. So it requires three different pieces to actually bring together water. So what is spoken, and I use the word spoken broadly, not just hearing, but communicated to you, requires energy to bring it into this realm to slow it down. It also means that you're bringing it from your spirit into the other two realms. The realm of your soul, and we talked about mind, will, and emotions as a framework, but then also into your body, the realm that interacts with this earth realm, this see, feel, touch, taste realm. Alright, that's the first one. Second. In the book of Joshua, there's a story of a man named Caleb. For those of you who don't know, you might want to go read about Caleb. And at the end of when Israel went into the land, they conquered a bunch of places and a bunch of them they didn't. But Caleb said, I want that mountain for myself and there are giants there. It was the last large stronghold of actually the giants, Nephilim and sons of God and all that kind of stuff. 
and this mountain is similar to you. There are giants in the land and you need to take your own mountain. This work or process really becomes an inheritance. It's already given to you, but it must be taken. So back to the story was when Israelite went in, it says all the land is yours, but they had to go in and take it. And later, what's really cool is when David comes back before he's the king over all of Israel, he's the king over just Judah, and he sets up his place, his kingdom there in Hebron. And so you see this uh, story evolve about this place that the Nephilim were. And so just like that, you are a mountain that needs to be taken by you. So there's some keys in there for you. All right, third thing. It says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So you can go Google that verse. That sounds really, okay. <laughs> but let's be real practical. What's that really look like? And why would you want to do that now? And, uh, so what's the point? It just sounds like a nice verse. And what are these treasures? So think of it this way. And again, I'm just giving you a little, here's how you turn the handle to ask those questions. There are multiple temples. So first there was a the tabernacle, then there was, I think, three different temples, and the one we kind of know about, Solomon's temple, and then I think Hezekiah, and um, Herod's temple. And so again, you can go do your own research on those. But one of the later temples, actually, if you look at it, it's surrounded by storage vaults. And so think of it as those are treasures in your mountain at the top where you have your own temple where you go to use the altar and all those type of things. And so what would you put in there? Well, personally, I've been to some of those rooms and some of the things that you get out of court, I actually you know, put into myself. I might actually go there and visually put them into one of the storage rooms there, but they're still um, process in trading. There's scrolls, there's gold, there's uh, collectibles uh, that are there. And so I'm not going to say it's exactly this way, but that's what the Lord uses in part of our growth. Again, remember, the earth realm is a slowed down mirror of the heavenly realm on earth as it is in heaven. And so those would be natural things to store up treasures here, right? Well, that's why it says, hey, don't make these the most important. Store them up there. And as you begin to store them, which is a journey to figure that one out, then you can begin and to use them. And honestly, it was like years before I was like, storing stuff, storing stuff, like, especially out of court, like, wow, I got these cool things. I don't know what to do with it. I'll just place them there. And then later it's like, hey, you know that thing that you stored up? Well, yeah, well now you can use it here. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Fourth little nugget. To strip away everything in yourself to find what is valuable. What you do daily or consistently is what you 
value. And it's really, this is taking an inward look to be brutally honest. What do you spend your time on during the day? And part of this is becoming conscious of those things. So we wrote, go through everything. Oh, I do this, I sleep, I go to the store, I eat, I have breakfast, lunch, dinner, I make my coffee, I do this, I go to work. I well, all these things to step back and say, what am I really valuing in those things? And so many, many people I've talked to over the years, well, I don't have time for this. No, you're choosing not to. Because everything you're actually doing during your day and during your week is what you value. So in Matthew 13, there's two short little sentences on some parables. It's the pearl of great price. And it talks about this uh, person who buys and sells pearl but found the one of value and said, I sold everything to get that one. And then it talks about a treasure in a field that somebody found it, put it in the field, and sold everything they had to own the field, to own the treasure that they had found. And that's really the point, to be able to take all these things and say, what do you really value? We've talked about intention, and it's speaking to all the atmosphere. And I'll just pause here and say, some of what I'm doing is not just for human beings in speaking these things out and recording these things because there's other beings seeing my personal intention in doing this whether it meets five people's needs or 500 5,000 or 5 million it's irrelevant because there's this whole host that is actually seeing my personal intention in doing this a lot of people move into hearing from the Lord and, and all those things because of pain and that pain, we want relief, so it moves us into those things. And that can be a great way. A lot of this is because of my own pain. Nothing else will satisfy once you get to that point. You need to be, I don't want to say need to be, you get to evaluate your desperation. So let me tell you a couple quick stories as I was thinking about this. I was down in the Baja, California, uh, in Mexico, out in the desert helping some um, people that needed help. And I remembered we were so far from anywhere out and they had to like mow down the cactus and we were like two hours from the nearest anything. And I remember transferring some water and we'd, we spilt some out and it was, it was like a crisis because there was water was so valuable in that moment because there was hardly any, it was scarce. And that's what I'm talking about. Now you just go to the, faucet and get some water but when you're out in the middle of the desert it becomes valuable I remember uh, we were I was hiking this long trail and it was um, we had to spend three four five nights I don't remember and it was 50 miles long along in the coast and there was no way in or out once they dropped you off that was it you had to go your you know four or five six days to get to where your car was and along the way though there was there was an Indian spot where they had shipped in some food and you went into this tent and you were about 
three days into it, it was about halfway and they like grilled up some burgers and they had some drinks and some beer it was amazing and I gotta tell you you were willing to pay whatever price they wanted because you were out hiking and then this treat you get like a hamburger and drink it was amazing but the hunger and the scarcity allowed you to value something do you remember what it was like when you're in love and you're willing to do pay whatever just to be with that person just to be with them it wasn't about works it was about value some of these are evaluations for you to to meditate on so the next one you have neutered your passions we live in a culture that is neutered and what do I mean by that something in us wants to come fully alive but yet we don't think that's a possibility so we keep stepping back and stepping back and then we just have little areas where we have passion and what I'm saying is we need to come fully alive we desire that that's what that's what the Lord wants us to become fully alive in all our areas and so you get to think about yourself how's your sex life oh my gosh well but you're like well I but 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 it's like well no buts single married doesn't matter think about that because you're a sexual being on that where your sports your vacations are you just doing huh, basic stuff or are you willing to do whatever how many new business ideas are coming and you're venturing out into you see all these things were meant to solve problems were meant to see solutions were meant to do those things so in all these ways it's okay to have frustration say I'm not where I want to be in these areas and the frustration then you get to analyze yourself to say is my frustration am I taking that out verbally or am I taking that out into an action and recently I had a a frustration and I said something to a friend of mine and I loved their response it was awesome they said huh sounds like you need to do something about that and I was like yes that's the type of people I want to be around says you need to do an action not just talk about something because in all these areas I want to be fully alive and growing and stumbling on those things because of where I'm going we have an aversion to excellence somehow in our society we don't run into pain we don't run into conflict we don't run into trauma partly because we're really ignorant about what to do with it and what I mean by this is you're watching you're listening you're processing this living from heaven stuff but it's re gonna require grit it's gonna require something of you to move past a door that has been blocking you and so I'm gonna bring this into the athletic realm the average athlete and I'm talking about high level 
asks more about how to do something. That's what they're concerned with. But the top 5% ask not only how to do something, they're open to say what's blocking me. And that separates the excellence year after year. What are you willing to expose to get to that last 5%? What nuances are there that are hindering you? So we want to do the, the 90%, but we don't want to do that last bit of percentile to open ourselves up to say yes, whatever it actually takes. Solving problems. In our society, we have a tendency to say, oh, it's only a problem if it affects me. When in actuality, responsibility is a privilege. We are meant to solve problems. A lot of what you're going to get in hearing from the Lord, working with the angelic and the beings and all those things, they're problem solvers. And so if you're not willing to run into problems, if you're not willing to take responsibility, you're still going to be in that lower percentile. And again, God loves you. He's wild about you. And he's willing to let you stay where you want to. But for those who say, no, I freaking want it all. I want everything you've got while I'm here. Then you're going to see that being a heat seeker, not a heat deflector, is where you want to go. I want to run into those things. And as you focus and look intently, a solution opens up and is revealed. Now, what does that exactly mean? What happens is, so a problem comes, we just say, I want it away, it's not mine, or I want a quick solution. Instead of holding that in neutrality and looking intently in it, because as you do that, it's going to reveal the glory that is there, that then you can step into it. You see, we want to judge the situation, judging meaning make a decision, versus holding it with patient expectation. And then one of the things I do, I'm learning, is to say, all right, okay, I'm really frustrated about this, and, and I can't just look at it in neutrality. I just go to the Father or somebody else and just say, could you help me? How do you see it? And it's not like they just turn around and like tell me right away. I, I might have to wait patiently for that. So all of these things are bits and pieces and nuggets that are going to open the door to you bringing heaven to earth, whether that's beings, whether that's energy, whether that's healings, signs, wonders, or just communication with the divine. You want to move into a more intimate place with the Lord. All right, so here's the big story piece for this session. And I didn't talk about it up front because uh, it's really a bunch of little pieces that are going to make more sense. So here we go. <laughs> I just got to tell you, I'm a little nervous about sharing this one, but let it out there, live fully.
at the end of yoga, which one of the reasons I like yoga, it gets me out of my body, and by the end I'm like, oh, now I can just, it helps me focus sometimes. I heard someone say that I was supposed to share the key hindrances and what the results of those hindrances or beliefs are. Well, frankly, they shared a few of them, and I was like, uh, no. I got in an argument with this person being on all that. And so finally I just stopped. I said, who am I talking to? And it was Paul, the apostle. And I just said, what? Okay, but I'm going to keep arguing with you. <laughs> so we had a discussion. And it was good. So we finally came down to like, I settled down. I was like, all right, I'll share some of these. But I'm going to share a few nuggets of our conversation with you before I share those things. So I said to him, said, Paul, hey, you didn't get everything right when you wrote the New Testament. And he replied to me, I was just trying to write a letter to some specific people. I would have cleaned up everything based on this lasting so long. I knew it would be shared, but I had no idea it would be around so long like the Torah. It was never meant to be this text manual. It was always about relationship and communication and things in the spirit realm. Writing was just a tool I used in the moment. Then he said to me, and again, this was, I'm condensing some pieces to our longer conversation. He said, Kim, you wrote a book. How do you feel about it? And I went, arg. Well, it needs help, needs some multiple updates, some clarifications, some edits. And I said, but at least I got it out there. By the way, I wrote a book that's on Amazon, has nothing to do with this. And Paul said to me, exactly, that's what I did. I was just trying to get something out there. Then he says to me, do you think that you'd get through this whole thing, living from heaven, and I wasn't going to show up? I wrote most of what you call the New Testament. Obviously, I'm going to have some thoughts to share. <laughs> In the midst of that, we just laughed. And I was like, oh, yeah. All this stuff is like when you really just stop and think of these people as just real people, real human beings, real relationships. It's that simple. However, I will say there are some beings and some, maybe some people out there I, I'm not very flippant with. They will come to you and be how they're supposed to be with you. These are just some random thoughts from him. He said, why did he travel so much? And he said it was like the internet. All the Roman roads, which now seem like long journeys, but in that time frame, you could get anywhere in days or weeks. A whole travel system which was unprecedented to that time on the planet. He showed me a train and he said, what I wrote was really just a foundation. The pilings and the track. What are those there for? Yeah, it's a lot of hard work to dig it, to place it. But once it's there, nobody looks at it. It's there. It's a foundation. The point is the freight keeps changing. But the point is, it's a travel, it's a delivery system. 
year after year. And the point wasn't laying the foundation, the point was the freight to be able to move things. So I thought that was some pretty interesting stuff to share and the reason I'm sharing it is not to go ooh I talked to Paul like I've talked to him before and some of you are going to talk to him uh, he's already talking to some of you <laughs> by the way uh, you just don't know that and so once you move past and open those gateways then your soul mind will and emotions can then open up and have communication both ways. And I just wanted to share with you some of those things. And I'm not saying this is the gospel and I'm gonna, you know, write something on the internet so that everybody can see it and oh, this is the truth. It's like, this is the truth for me in my conversation with another person. That's what it means. So here's the list. And this is where I got nervous just to reframe it for you these are just opportunities and ways that you possibly could think different some of you already know some of these things some of you this is going to trigger i was arguing with paul because i did not want to share these things also, when I say I'm arguing with Paul, I'm not saying that these are totally right either. All right, I'm just telling you what I have found in the moment. And all these things have taken me years to process through. And again, I'm not trying to, these are books are being written about these things now. So, I'm just opening them up and in the PDF we'll have some links to those things and some ways of thinking. But all of these actually become hindrances to participating with heaven and walking with some of these beings and people and seeing things manifest here in the earth. Right? Okay. So. <laughs> I'm nervous just give me a little grace and again that's one of the reasons I feel safe is that these are private they are only people that actually sign up that want to process through this and again I'm not out to argue with you I've said to many people over the years if I don't disagree with myself in six months boot me because I want to keep changing and growing. And remember, I was a hyper-fundamentalist Baptist, so every one of these, one of these I would like shoot me as a heretic, but now I got a whole list of them, and this is just part of the list, but these are some big nuggets. All right, here we go. First, salvation. We have this entire system that's built, and when I say this, I'm not necessarily talking about just people that go to church, but people from outside the church look in and all this process, and that is, you're going to hell, you're, you know, you need to get saved. This whole process of walk forward, you know, I'm a slime pit and Jesus is going to heal me and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm just here to tell you the scandalous gospel is we're all in. We're all in. We're all his kids. He died 
for everyone. Now there's a process that Jesus becomes a gate into other things, but here's the problem. We separate you, all the, the sheep and the goat, all these verses actually totally mean something different on that. Again, look to the notes. Second one, immortality. He came to give us life to the fullness. As you know, there's people in the Bible that they didn't die. Some of the people that I have interaction with are called, I call them, um, I don't know who I heard it from, but it sounds right, uh, ever-living ones, like they didn't die. Enoch didn't die from the Bible. I've met him. There you go. Immortality. Does that mean I'm never going to die? No, that's not what I'm saying. Is like, that's part of the gospel. When you really go back and read what Jesus is saying, it's about life. There's nothing good about death. Yes, we can pass on, yes, all those things, but there's a framework that says, I'm supposed to live a long, 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 long time. Look to the resources. All right, another one is the whole second return of Christ, Armageddon, tribulation. Oh my gosh. Uh, so I grew up in a system that basically said, you know, Christ's going to come back, the, this group's going to get removed from the earth, and <laughs> they're going to kill each other, and then we're going to come back, and, and then, yeah, and then, oof. Okay, let's just... That viewpoint is only about 150 years old. Sorry, it was uh, turn of the century, and I actually owned one of the Bibles that propagated it. It'll come to me uh, at some point, but uh, if you actually go and study the word Armageddon, they call it Megiddo. It's actually not that. It's Jerusalem, and when you understand what actually ha happened in 70 AD, all that stuff was actually fulfilled. Remember, he's writing a book to people that need it. It's imminent on that. And tribulation, actually the word means, it's a, uh, I don't know, a Greek or Roman word, I don't remember which, but it's compressed papers. It's compressed circumstances. And so again, when you understand what happened in 70, that time frame, just years after the book of Revelation was wrote, and the people read it, understood it, and obeyed it, and all the believers in Jesus actually obeyed and left Jerusalem for it to be slaughtered. Again, read um, Josephus, uh, stuff like that. We'll have some notes for you. The Bible, and I touched a bit of this on, on Paul, it was never meant to be this holy book that we, the paper and the writings, it's a spirit. It's a realm. The Hebrew language never even had vowels in it. It wasn't even written down. The Hebrew letters are actually beings. And so uh, it was meant to be communicated, a frequency. And we try to look at it and say, dividing the word of truth. Again, go back. You got to look. Look what was really written and say, this is absolute right, wrong. And it's like, no, there's options, there's opportunities. It's a gateway 
into the another realm. That's why most of the stories don't make sense in our culture. Honestly, and the people that rip on the Bible, they're probably right because we're trying to show them something that doesn't make any logical sense. And it doesn't because it was written to a whole different group of people and a bunch of it was actually left out so that you could go in and ask the questions. Hell. Oh my gosh. That's a big one. The whole idea of hell that we've been told and all that kind of stuff, eh, not true. Uh, lousy translations have really puckered us up. Starting, you know, back in some of the councils and Constantine, uh, what they have done is obliterated really the heart and essence of Christianity. And so. Um, if you go back and actually understand hell, what the language was, and all that kind of stuff, you're like, oh my gosh, this totally makes sense. All right, which then brings me to the Satan and the demonic. And we have created, if you actually go back and look historically, there wasn't this, you know, horned dude. It's a class uh, of beings, uh, the Satans, um, the demonic. What's well, interesting, if you really go back and look, the Lord uses the demonic all the time. Are there fallen beings? Yes. However, the Lord uses a lot of beings to do some things that aren't very good. That's a tough one. All right, so we're going to get to why are all these important on hearing from the Lord and living from heaven. The last one I have to share is the earth. This is a big deal. The earth is not going to be burnt up. That does not, it says uh, in Revelation, all that kind of stuff. You've got to understand the context of what they were talking about. This earth, we are called to transform it and release it. It says all creation longs for the sons of God to be revealed. We're the ones supposed to be releasing this as we step into who we are. So all these false ways of thinking have stopped the flow because remember what I said earlier we're problem solvers we have the solutions for the earth we gotta stop guilting people about hell and Satan and demonic some of them you think are speaking bad things they might actually be speaking some truth go back and look at the book of Job it doesn't say it was bad Paul uh, is buffeted by an angel of Satan. And the Lord says, no, 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 three times. Leave him. He's good. You need him. Now, next time a person asks you to pray for him, like, they don't want to hear that. They want to, remember, I want to get out of pain. I don't want to move into the pain and into the trauma. Immortality. Wow. You are meant to live a long time. All these things actually reframe and build a different foundation for you to be able to hear, sense, and feel. When your foundation is this big, you can only hear things that are here. As you allow that to be torn down, the Lord and other ones can build a new foundation that can 
lay things on top of and all of a sudden you've just quadrupled the amount of hearing and interaction and you know what's going to happen it's going to happen again it's going to tear some of those foundations well they got you to here but that's not going to get you here and so i hope that i have triggered you i hope that you sense and hear my heart in these things and I hope the ones that resonate with you, you'll study. And it's okay to go study and argue and disagree. It's beautiful, actually. Because then you're going to come to your conclusions and you're going to be wise in that way. Please don't take everything I say as absolute truth again. Because in six months, I'm going to disagree with some of these things. Or I'm going to have greater revelation into those things. Thanks for letting me share.